Today's episode of Peers to Peers is powered by Shopify, the leading global commerce company that's shaping today's entrepreneurial economy. What started as three mates in a coffee shop trying to sell a snowboard has ended in thousands of employees around the world, bringing over 1.7 million businesses to life. You could say Shopify is a peer to us and entrepreneurs around the world. So peers, if you're looking to start your own business, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Peers speaking, peers listening. This is a conversation for you. I'm your host, Michelle Akidinol, founder of Leading Australian Podcast Agency and 2021 Australian Podcast Awards finalists, The Peers Project, and your fellow passionate peer. Each week, I invite an inspiring millennial entrepreneur from around the globe to chat with me. No filters, just real talk, peer to peer. Together, we unpack what it takes to go your own way, pursue your passion, and why there's really nothing better. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy our podcast, please do pass it on. The more peers, the merrier. Hello, peers, and welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. What's been your greatest lesson in your entrepreneurial journey, peers? For today's guest, it was learning to adapt, adapt, adapt. Being an entrepreneur entails many small steps. It also means trial and error. And as the co-founder of AFC Collection, Audrey Jury discovered early on, you can't wait for perfection before leaping into your journey. You simply have to adapt. In today's episode, Audrey shares her jewels of wisdom, including the FOMO that comes with being an entrepreneur, the power in taking time off, and why it's the small steps that lead you to greatness. For those of you who haven't yet posted about our podcast on your socials, or if you're new here, firstly, welcome. And please do take a screenshot of this episode right now, post it to your Instagram story, and tag us at the Peers Project so that other peers out there can benefit from the wisdom of these incredible millennial entrepreneurs and help us on our mission to empower you all to pursue what you're most passionate about through entrepreneurship. Okay, peers, without further ado, welcome Audrey. Audrey. Welcome to the Peers to Peers podcast. We're so excited to have you on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me and AFC Collection, for being interested in AFC Collection. And I'm happy to talk about it. Of course. So look, you and I recently connected. And when we did, I looked into all of the incredible work you're doing in the interior space. And I knew I had to have you come on the show. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course, of course. Awesome. So look, for those of us who don't know who you are and what you do, tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, I'm Audrey. I uh, am Belgian from the French part, speak French and Flemish. And I started AFC Collection two years ago now. We opened our first showroom and we're opening yay, our second one in one month. 
and opening a third one in Antwerp in exactly eight months. So we're working on our evolution. So we're doing interior projects and giving the opportunity to our clients to pay off our interior over three, four or five years on a monthly basis. And we also give the interior services. So basically, uh, you can pay off your interior over three, four or five years, which allows you to get a very nice interior from a younger age. Then I don't know if you've ever decorated your home. It's super expensive. It's oh, um, so expensive, super expensive. And uh, basically, I have a co-founder, Augusta Baun. And two years ago, we wanted to decorate our own apartments. And we noticed that there's no mid-market. It's all super expensive or it's very low segmented. So basically we wanted to hit that mid-market. So that's how we came to the leasing, to the lease to own. So you've got an ownership of your interior after five years, but we just copied the leasing from the cars because in Belgium, almost 70% of the people lease their car. So basically we copied that model for the interior design. It's so interesting, Audrey, and I can't wait to dive deeper into the business and how it came about and, you know, your idea to kind of create this leasing model for interiors. Like it's just something that's never been done before. But before we do, I'd love to start with a question that I've often found to be very insightful and revealing, and that is, what was it like growing up in Belgium? And how has that impacted the choices you've made in your life and in your career so far? Well, basically, Belgium, it's a very fun place to live because we get to travel very easily. You can drive from the top of the country to just down in two hours. So we get to travel a lot. So we get to see a lot of people a lot within the country. And it makes it actually a very small market to reach, but very big as well, because everyone knows each other. You can even imagine it's like a huge city. So you can reach everyone very easily, which make it possible to have a very open market, basically. And I uh, grew up actually in an industrial family. So my grandfather started a company, which my mother took over now. So a family business and a very industrial. So I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs, but the in industrial part. So we're in technical textiles and my mother is a CEO today and she has uh, over 5,000 employees. So basically I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family, which I guess made it very natural for me or natural is a big word, but <laughs> made it very um, accessible and possible for me to take the leap. So yeah, growing up in Belgium is actually gives you opportunity to have a, a big market. And yeah. It's so cool that your mom is such a boss. I mean, go her, 5,000 employees to look after is a big feat. What's the greatest lesson that she's taught you about, for one, what it means to be a leader, and for two, the value of growing a company? I think the value of being a leader, what she always taught me is, she's not, it's not a one-man show. It's never a one-man show. So she always makes sure that she has very good people working with and having uh, the right people on the right place. Um, so I think that's very important. And also uh, just to keep on motivate them. So try to find their talent and motivate them in their talent. They need to understand what they're good at, what they're less good at. And I think that's a lesson she's learned and which I really believe in. It's so, uh, I mean, we're only 
seven and we're going to 10, yay, in uh, one month. Uh, but even now, I, I still think about it. Um, every time uh, we take someone new to try to understand what is their motivation, they work to live well and they work to be happy in what they do. And I think you, it's important to check that out, try to understand why they're here and then try to motivate them. I think it's fascinating and I couldn't agree more. And I think the more and more we grow our companies as entrepreneurs, that idea of nurturing our people and making sure they feel like it's a great place to come to work is so, so important. You know, was there ever a time for you, perhaps in the early years, the early days of Audrey, where you just didn't feel motivated? You didn't want to go to work or you didn't want to go to school and you just kind of felt a bit lost. If so, what was that time like for you and how did you navigate through it? A moment where I didn't feel motivated. Not really, actually. I'm super happy to be able to say that. <laughs> um, but I love my job. I am very passionate about the bigger picture of trying to give beautiful interiors to everyone and giving them a home feeling as well. Once they go home after... I mean, when I get back from a long day of work. I love that feeling of being at home and having a cozy place with some music and candles and that feeling of coming home. It's feeling that with AFC collection, we want to give to everyone, I would say, but that's a very big challenge. So it's something we want to give to our clients. And that's actually my motivation. So if I'm having a tough day, I know that at night, I will get back home and have that feeling and then do everything to give that feeling to others. So, yeah, that will be my motivation. Mm, yeah. How about before you started AFC? You know, I saw that you studied, I think it was at KU Levin, um, Bachelor of Commercial Sciences and Applied Economics. And then I think you did a Master of Finance, you know. Was there ever a time before you started your business where you just felt like, what am I meant to do with my life? You know, what is this all about, you know? And it, was there ever a time where you lacked that kind of desire or motivation? And, and if so, when did that happen for you and what was that like? Actually, before I started AFC Collection, I started uh, another company, Alicia Audrey Collection, which is a fashion brand of reversible coats that actually still exists and that we represent in uh, over 20 shops now. But I'm not operational in that company anymore, but I'm still in it. And I started while I was studying. So yeah, I guess I had that feeling because I started unconsciously. I think I had that feeling of, okay, I need to do something more than just studying or I just wanted to work. Also, I wasn't a very good student, to be completely honest. I finished my degree and I did everything, but I did it over five years, whilst a normal person did it over four years because I was more of a doer and I, I actually already worked at that time. So, yeah, I guess I had that feeling and that's why I, I started Alicia Audrey, um, yeah, the gold brand. For our peers out there listening who perhaps have that feeling, you know, they might be studying and maybe just bored or they might be out in a job and they just don't feel like they're on the right career trajectory or path, you know, what advice would you give to us about figuring out what we want to do 
and then having the courage to go out and do it. I think the whole process of uh, being an entrepreneur is trial and error. So if you take two years to think about what you're doing, if you would have started with something else and you would have just accept uh, the mistakes that you've done and as long as you just do something you're already a bit passionate about and then just make sure you adapt your model to um, to the market or to your client's need or whatever, then it actually uh, makes it easier to represent smaller steps. Just take a very small step without investing too much at the beginning, maybe. Just do your trial and error and then just go for it. Adapt, 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 adapt. And then at a certain point, um, if you listen to your market and you listen to your clients, you will get to something incredible. But just don't see it as a perfection. The moment itself, just wait for it, adapt until it's it's a jewel. I mean, it takes time, like exactly just like a jewel. It takes time. Just go for trial and error, I would say. And try to um, enhance smaller steps towards something bigger smaller steps towards something bigger. I think that's such great advice. I think the issue is though, Audrey, is that we can get so impatient. You know, it takes so long for things to work out when you're starting out for the first time, you don't know what you're doing. You know, how can we get better at continuing on when we just feel like nothing's working? Just imagine the bigger picture. So what's your goal? What are you doing and why? And just go for that. I mean, everyone has it in itself. You just need confidence to it. And just like I said, take small step and and just do it. Was there ever a point in your journey, maybe it was with the first business or with AFC, that you just felt like things were taking so long to eventuate? You know, was there ever a point where you felt a bit discouraged and like, is this even going to work out for me? What am I doing? You know, and if so, because I, I mean, I definitely know that I've experienced that so much. Even today, there are days I wake up and go, what am I doing? Like, what is happening? You know, what advice would you give to us around like getting through that? And was there ever a time for you where you were just like, what is happening? I think if you have a moment, uh, I mean, I think every entrepreneur knows that it's a problem-solving business. I mean, in the end, you're problem-solving all the time. And uh, if you have like a down moment, I think it's important to take a step back. Just instead of overthink, just take a step back and concentrate on the things you like, maybe. Sometimes it's better to uh, maybe take a half of the day off. I mean, if that's what you need to get better the next day, then just do it because at least you'll be better the next day and you get your motivation back. So I think it's important to give yourself time to enjoy as well because as an entrepreneur, we tend to work sometimes too much. Um, and it's very important to take a step back, just take a, a day off and remember why you're doing it and then everything will get back. Why are you doing it? Like I said, I'm doing it to give that home feeling to everyone. I really uh, also, I just believe that what we do, it makes so much sense. 
I don't know. In Belgium, that's the case. Like interests are very low, so people are buying and buying apartments, and they are owner of their house, but they're paying like a twenty percent upfront payment, and then the cash flows down, and then they go to very low segmented uh, furniture brand, which is in very bad it's not sustainable at all then there's no cash flow left and then they take like old furniture from grandmother and they go to the low segment and then they don't live well and it actually makes no sense so i just really believe that if you would pay off your walls over 20 years why wouldn't you do it for your furniture and pay it off as well over five years and live well so i do it just to um, motivate people to live well, to have that home feeling and also don't go to the mass production brands because that's just not good for our children. So true. I love it. Was there ever a time, Audrey, in your journey, perhaps in the early days where you didn't really know what AFC was going to be or exactly what it was going to turn into, where you felt like you weren't living well and you felt like you were working so much trying to figure out what was happening with the business you know how did you navigate through that time well I I definitely had those moments Uh, just to give an example when we started out AFC collection we were actually a furniture brand buying furniture and selling them secondhand which is the complete opposite of what we're doing today because now we represent modern brands and lease it so it's a completely different business so i wasn't happy in the business model we were at the beginning so we changed it and changed it and changed it and there were many many frustrating moments because it wasn't scalable what we did and i have a co-founder and what got me through is being able to talk about it and not be on your own i uh, really love having a co-founder He's the best and we're a very good fit. The heaviness isn't just on two shoulders, but on four shoulders. And basically it makes it a bit lighter. How can we find great co-founders and great support system when we're starting our own business? That's a very difficult question. I think you need to be lucky to have a good co-founder. I knew Augustine already before, so I already knew that it will work. So I guess get to know each other very, very well before you go for it, because in the end, it's kind of relationship, which is not friendship, which is not love, but it's something completely different. And sometimes it's also a different profile that you would think you will need another profile that you would think that you need. So I think uh, get to know that person very well. I must say we are very lucky in Belgium. We have a lot of accelerators and incubators and I've done an accelerator and that helped us to like have a back and forth with uh, professionals about our business model that wasn't perfect at that time. So if you can get into an incubator, an accelerator, just do it. Uh, Surround yourself with people with experience because often we're very young and we don't have that experience. And then we also have an advisory board, which is something I would really recommend as well. And every person in the advisory board has a different background. So one is professional in retail, another one is more in the industrial part, another one uh, comes from the startup world, another one comes from the interior world. And don't take people who want to please you. I do have my own mother in the board and Augustin also has his mother in the board and they are both incredible entrepreneurs. They have incredible inputs, but sometimes they're a bit too kind because they're so close to us. So 
it's very important to take people in your advisory board that would be very severe and that would challenge you. Such great advice. You know, you mentioned that your mum is a bit too kind sometimes and she just always is very encouraging. You know, was there ever a moment perhaps when you were starting out or when you were younger that you felt pressure to be like your mama, to be as great as, you know, she is and what she's done, you know, did you ever feel that pressure? And if if so, you know, for our peers out there listening who perhaps have really high achieving parents and, you know, they feel a bit of pressure to perform and do really well, what advice would you give to us about navigating through that? I must say that I'm very lucky because my uh, mother or my family, they don't really put pressure because they know there could be. So basically they don't really give us that pressure. But I guess if you have that pressure, just imagine that you have still a lifetime in front of you. So just take your time because we really tend to want to do everything super fast And imagine that our own parents also have 30 years of a career to get where they are. So we have the time as well. So just don't take that pressure and imagine all the time we still have in front of us, all the steps we still have to take and that we can still take, actually. Was there ever a time that you put pressure on yourself to perform, to do well? And if so, you know, how did you get through that? I think unconsciously I'm sure I did and I think when I feel that pressure I try to maybe talk about it with my co-founder or talk about it with my husband but I'm a very strong believer of a very good work-life balance I wouldn't say that I'm a workaholic I have a co-founder who's a workaholic and I just try to push him take a day off go on vacation don't put pressure on yourself like I said, we have so much time and sometimes it's better to have like a clear head that works well for one day than having a full head that works that doesn't work well for two days. So I really believe if you feel like a lot of pressure for yourself, make sure your head is cleared out. And you're a new mum as well, which is so exciting. You know, can you talk to us a little bit about how you manage that. I mean, you know, being a parent and then also having a business, which is kind of like a baby, you know, it's kind of like a second baby. How do you navigate through that? And what's been the most challenging part of juggling motherhood and business? That's a very good question. And this is one that I'm discovering uh, at the time now because I became mother actually one month ago of a beautiful little daughter. And I have the feeling that it, to begin, it gives you a certain perspective of what you're doing because I was just racing through work and the career. And now suddenly there's like a bigger purpose, wanting to give her a very home and give her a life and give her so... First, maybe not a pressure, but it gives a certain pressure that adds up. And then the work-life balance. I think you it's important not to feel bad when you're not always there because you need to imagine that it's for her or him that you would do it. Of course, you're less at home than a mom who doesn't work, or but you all do it for the bigger purpose. And the bigger purpose is to give her a very good life. And I'm sure it's something that she will understand. And I think 
there's like a triangle, there's family, there's friends, and there's work. And I think you just have to accept that you need to fail one of the three of them to juggle your time. And I had a very social life that was really intense. I had dinner parties every evening. I went to every after work networking event. Literally every day, every evening I was somewhere. And that's something I really needed those nine months to accept. I need to fail that part because I will not fail the working part and I will not fail the family part. So you just need to accept for three years. Social part will go down, but just accept it and it'll come back. So that's that's what I did. I just, I learned to say no to dinner parties. I learned to put my FOMO aside and just enjoy a time with my daughter. I love that you mentioned that, you know, you can only really do two things well and then the third will suffer. And I think so many of us have that FOMO. I mean, I get it all of the time. But I think, again, you know, when you're starting a business or when you're becoming a new mom and you're doing something new, you know, I think I so agree in having to let one go. You know, how can we get better at being okay that we're not going to be able to satisfy all areas of our lives? at the one time? I think that's very difficult to just don't put pressure on yourself and just you doing it for your daughter and, and ju- just enjoy it differently. If, you, if you're if you having a feeling of, oh no, there was a, an amazing uh, party going on and I, I'm not there. I mean, that's fine. There will be parties all the time in your whole life. So just uh, enjoy your daughter and your family and, and Except it's just different for a few years and that's fine. Amazing, Audrey. This has been so, so interesting and just fascinating to chat with you. But as we come to the close of today's episode, I have got a couple of key final questions for you. And the first one is, what has been your greatest failure and win to date? My greatest failure? Hmm. I have many. I guess, like everyone, my greatest would be not quantifying enough the business part. I mean, like I said, I'm a doer. And sometimes I would have hoped that I would quantify from an early stage, like the business and everything we're doing, which would have prevent cash flow problems, I guess. Like in every company, you have cash flow problems and I would just go, go, just do and then deny it a bit so i think quantifying would have taken a lot of uh, pressure off or shoulder if i would have done that at an earlier stage and your greatest win the greatest win i think opening that first showroom i remember our opening events and then after the opening event when everyone left and my co-founder left as well i i found myself in that showroom who's I think incredible and I just stood there and I was so proud of ourselves and so proud of our team and I literally started crying like a baby so I was like oh how is it even possible that we did this so I think that would be my favorite moment that I remember and uh, yeah so so beautiful Audrey Over the last six and a half years in business, you've really gone from strength to strength. You know, you've received so much recognition for your work, despite all of the hardship and the hustle. 
And most recently you were featured on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. What are three key pieces of advice that you would give our peers out there listening that you wish you got when you were just starting out? I think the first one would be accept the trial and error. Don't try to feel bad when you make mistakes. It's part of it. It's part of every journey. I think every entrepreneur made a lot of mistakes and it's just part of it. Accept it. A second one, surround yourself with very good people who maybe has different talents than you have to make sure that you have a pool of talents which is very compatible within your company. So that could be a second one. And a third one, make sure that mentally as a person you are well to be able to be an entrepreneur because you need a very balanced mental health to be able to get yourself out there. So I think that would be the third one. It's just like a relationship. You need to be well with yourself to be able to go for it. Yes, I'm furiously nodding. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Amazing, Audrey. Before I ask you the final question, I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the incredible work you've done and that you're doing, you know, for showing us, you know, and particularly us young, ambitious women, that if we have that goal, that vision and that dream, we can make it happen, although it may take a long time and a lot of hard work, but that we can get there. And for that, we really appreciate you. So the final question is how we finish every episode of the Peers to Peers podcast. And that is, what is the value of pursuing what you're most passionate about? I think that that very long-term vision, seeing the future you're heading towards with your company and uh, visualize that end goal and the strategy you go for, but especially uh, the purpose you're doing it. So for myself, that's what I do is visualize that long-term vision and visualize purpose and remembering why we're doing it. And if you're having a moment of pressure, take a step back and visualize that uh, long-term strategy. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much, Audrey. It's been absolutely awesome to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. Where can we learn more about you and AFC Collection? So I would say follow us on Instagram because then you can uh, follow everything we do, not only the amazing projects we get to do, but also our development. So opening new showroom and going for that purpose of having very compact and digital showrooms in uh, all the European cities to get started and then uh, go forward. I love that. Amazing. Well, we'll link the Instagram up in the show notes. Thank you so much again. It has been so, so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And congratulations to you as well for everything you're doing. You're very, it's very inspiring. Oh, so appreciate it. And for everyone else listening, we will end with that. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. Remember, Peers, we're here to help you turn your passion into a business. And so is Shopify. And so if you're looking to start your biz, head to shopify.com.au for your 14-day free trial. Peers to 
Peers, that's a wrap. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Peers to Peers podcast, powered by Shopify. We hope you've enjoyed your introduction to our latest guest peer and that you find them as gung-ho as we do. For more, make sure to subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a review. We produce with passion, and it doesn't stop here. To see what else we're up to, visit thepeersproject.com or follow us on Instagram at thepeersproject. We'll have fresh, real talk for you next week, peers. Until then, if you need inspiration, look amongst your peers. Peers.